face to face or face to. <laughs> All right. Are you, are you Zora? <laughs> now, this is a great way to start the typical clusterfuck we know as the Treglavian Times, Pacquin, and Treglavian News. Um, if you can't tell, we got zero all triggered out today. We got the lore master of all lore, Uriel, <laughs> and the Winnie, Winnie the Pooh collection. Uh, and then we got the Chief Onion, Opus, and Kylon. So, uh, <laughs> and a bird. And, and so, a bird. Uh, that'll happen a bit, sorry. <laughs> you know, as I said earlier, we're used to it in Kybernauts. Calls it a clusterfuck, but it's really pretty organized. Uh, yeah, but it always we always do something dumb, so it always kind of is a clusterfuck. Um, all right, so today is story time with Uriel. We're gonna cover some drifter lore and uh, trig lore. Um, but before we get to that, um, so are we just some of you guys have noticed as well. What? Are we just recording, or is this? I know this is live. <laughs> um, okay. So just so you guys know, um, a lot of you guys have seen me dropping the Discord links around. Uh, that's in preparation for Totality Day's Domovic Swarm. Um, so I will have those bits up so you guys can look at them and see what can fly for the free handout for us to invade around the triangle. Um, but let's uh, let's get on with uh, what we're all here for. And Uriel, let's uh, let's let's just do a general. Like, breakdown of, of Drifter lore. Okay. Drifter stuff first, you're saying, then? Yeah, we're, we're going to start forward. Drifters and then go into our fun triangle stuff. Yeah, okay, that sounds fine. Let me see. I'm just uh, getting on one page over here. All right. It's just, I'm opening up the stream itself, also. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see people. the chat if anyone's there, you know? I might actually go cover the bird. Any, anytime I talk, she likes to yell. So, give me a second. And then All right, I'll that's start good. Else real quick. Hello, Uriel's bird. Hello. <laughs> Don't let see, them cage you. Fight the power, little friend. See, Kaiwan, this is this is what I mean. We're we're always something always throws us off. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. So if you guys haven't noticed, now that Zero's here, Zero's unmasked. You can Hi. see his flag. Hi again. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I got my fancy, fancy alliance propaganda in the background. Got my trick cosplay. I'll fucking rock it out for GM week. Trying to <laughs> score some sweet, sweet flex. Nice. All right. All right. Okay. While Uriel's, sorry, Opus, while Uriel's looking up this thing. Um, oh, uh, not looking up, just covering the bird. I'm back. No, now. just covering the bird. Well, I was about to say, pulling up whatever you're pulling up. Um, the stream or yeah, whatever. I don't know else. if it's a good thing or a bad thing that I really don't need to look at much to remember. I know. I was, about to, I was about to be like, if you really need a look, just look on the forums. Uriel has like everything you can think about for drifters. Yeah. So if we want to get started with that, sure. Uh, give me a little prompt. What do you want to hear first, and then I'll just go from there. Um, let's do start of you know drifters. Like, okay. So like very beginning. Let's just we'll keep it brief over the the whole thing because I kind of want to. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you have the time, Uriel, I'd like to do this more often. We can nail down on different things, either with trigs or, or drifters. Or, or even rogue drones I got now. Alright. Well, if we're just starting with, I mean, when the drifters kind of showed up, I think it was February 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was the Tiamat expansion. You know, one of the first ones where they were doing more quarterly like that, I think, for a while. 
Uh, and what happened there? So, I mean, it was basically, you know, prior to that, you had had the, uh, you know, the circadian seekers showing up and, uh, you know, scanning stuff, scanning people, uh, scanning Jove observatories, which had showed up at one point, which actually, uh, I'm pretty sure those actually decloaked also when the drifters showed up. So that was the first time we got to see everything proper. Uh, but yeah, that's the first time the drifters themselves showed up. But before that, you had a few really interesting little things happening on the way. I think the first indication that something was kind of up was in a uh, a world news article in I think like September, August or September of 2014, uh, where the Sisters of Eve were talking about like you know unusual sleeper activity, and that was a thing that was apparently going on. And a little while after that, we started getting the you know the different sleeper cache sites uh, being released, you know one after the other. So there's the limited one, the uh, standard, and then the superior sleeper cache. And each of these sites were interesting because they were all. Uh, well, you know, broken open. Something had known where these places were, and they went in and raided them and took everything. And at this time, uh, a bit after that, we had the, uh, let's see, well, Caroline Star happened. <laughs> and uh, with that, you know, Thera opened up. With uh, We saw, you know, um, the different new shattered wormholes open up. In one of those, you had the uh, Sansha-controlled one that had had something very bad happen also. And there was this big place called a Silent Battleground. It's a site you can still find. It's a... Uh, Relic and data site, lots of little things you can get from it. And there you have like a big Sancha fleet, uh, including a Revenant uh, fighting and being destroyed by, you know, this is something that had already happened by the time you get to the site. Uh, a bunch of sleeper stuff and some things that said unknown wreckage, which, uh, you know, in retrospect, very definitely drifters. But uh, <laughs> so with that, like I said, Caroline Star happened, drove observatories, which were cloaked at the time, showed up. Circadian Seekers started flying around, scanning stuff, uh, you know. Let's see, I'm not sure if they picked up corpses at that point, but that was a thing that happened. started happening at one point. Uh, the NPCs, uh, the Drifters, would do that. Uh, yeah. So for a while, it wasn't the Drifters yet. Seekers, observatories. Then in February, again, Drifters show up. Uh, you get that cool Drifter trailer a while after that, and uh, that actually has some audio from our old Hydrostatic podcast. I think we used to do way back then. Um, and some of us, actually, they put clips from all of our voices in that trailer, which is one of my, I think, highlights of playing Eve. So it's pretty fun. Uh, so yeah, drifters from there just started kind of doing their own thing. They have never really talked very much. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that you kind of can key that back into is, so to jump a little bit over the place a bit, uh, Erect Jalan, if you ever know anything about that stuff, you know, uh, the player instigate, no player kind of conducted, but dev inst uh, instigated kind of lore info initiative thing in character in game run by this guy named Halen Tukos who was a guy who defected from um, Kaldari to uh, the Minmatar. Uh, well, not the Minmatar, but Minmatar space. He went into uh, the system over Rom, where Site 1 is, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he disappeared at one point years ago. No word, kind of just gone. Uh, and, you know, later down the line, you end up having uh, some messages from him. Well, I think this was actually around the time the uh, sleeper caches were opening up also. I may be wrong. I need to remember that exact timeline. But um, he was basically... he was posting messages on the Eve uh, forums in the in-character section uh, saying, you know, bring these uh, samples of Joe body parts to Site 1. Uh, you know, it's very important. In <laughs> yeah. some weird, it didn't exactly sound, you know, like a person saying it, because it was kind of broken up with some uh, syntax kind of selections and uh, bits of hexadecimal stuff. And then the first two messages are like that, and then a third one comes in that's all broken up saying, you know, don't do that. <laughs> this is a bad thing. Uh, I've been captured, blah, blah, blah. The fourth one is, you know, I'm on my way back to site one, et cetera, et cetera, from what you could kind of figure out. Because again, 
it was all supposed to be really broken up. Uh, and he never made it back. Uh, but funny thing, way later down the line, someone figured out that um, he actually did make it back to the system. Given because it actually had like coordinates, whatever, for the entire you know world space of Eve there, mm-hmm. and he was like thirty kilometers off of the Ifran Co station in Aram, and he's gone. He just disappeared after that. Last little tangent for this. Yeah, yeah, sorry, last little bit because kind of, it is relevant. This is a uh, back oh, to yeah. the Drifter stuff too. Yeah. So uh, Ifer and Co, that you know owner of that station, went on to be one of the founding members of Upwell, who have put out all sorts of weird tech. And yeah. so Hill and Tukos was captured by uh, you know somehow. They captured his infomorph, or at least copied him some way at the time of his death, when he discovered one of the Drifter Hives, long before, you know, in the timeline, any of us knew about them. Hundreds of Drifters were gathering there. Scary stuff, you know, he says it's an emergency broadcast. Uh, in character, it was tried to be covered up by, by uh, I think Ifrin Co. was the one who was covering it up also. And, you know, of course, they picked him up when he got back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, so the Drifters did that. They We didn't see them in canon until, you know... I think that was supposed to have been sent at least like six months prior to or eight months or a year even prior to when we actually got the video later in the year in 2015, I think it was. Um, And sorry, I jumped all around there a little bit, but uh, (laughs) the drifters, yeah, yeah. So the next thing that happened, those drifter hives, we didn't see those till way later, uh, you know, because you had the drifters showing up with their unidentified wormholes around again in Tiamat expansion when they first showed up, you couldn't go through them. Uh, But later down the line, they open up. You get the five Drifter Hive systems. You go in there, you run them. And uh, us, you know, me and, uh, well, no, I wasn't in the system. I was in comms at the time. But Ark basically went in. It was at Redoubt Hive and uh, found, you know, the corpse of Hill and Tukos, which was a big kickoff thing for some things after uh, those, you know, after that news broadcast and everything. Uh, and then uh, from there, you know, we're there. Hundreds of those Drifters, ba- drifters uh, ships, you know, battleships, that sort of thing. Not there. Only a couple of ones flying around. Where did those go? No one really knows. Uh, you know, the drifters then, you know, I think I think it was a bit after this when it happened, when they, you know, killed Jamil Sorum, uh, when they all showed up in Safazon and, uh, you know, killed her, which, you know, may seem pretty direct at what seemed pretty uh, possibly to be a direct thing at the time. You know, oh, my dog is squeaking a squeaky toy. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, the Empress had, you know, the other in her head, which is the thing from uh, the sleeper VR. Yep. Uh, you know. What is it? A kind of uh, artificial but kind of spontaneous sapient life form, digital, etc. That sort of thing. Digital Came out of the sleepers, work, yeah. went to her when she was, you know, secretly cloned way back. That sort of thing. This stuff is a. Uh, this goes all over the place. Sorry, but um, no, it's, I mean, but yeah, yeah, but but that's the thing. Like you're looking at a lot of like the the things like for Drifter lore, like, when you're talking about the connected. like when you're talking about the messages and stuff, like everything's always kind of disconnected. Like because when some an event happens, like with drifters even with trigs like an event happens and then all of a sudden like we're in the mad dash to figure out like the info behind it and then we start learning yeah then we start learning more and then we're like piecing it together so it's never always like a nice linear storyline yeah exactly it's kind of always how it's gone it's um it's kind of funny with that uh but anyhow uh with this stuff you know they killed the amara empress because she had this thing from the sleepers vr world in her head uh the other what it was called and other ones of the others who actually wanted to get out of the vr uh at first people were like oh this means the drifters were you know like uh those old administrators of the sleeper vr and you know that's going on the line you know it's like uh that may not be the case may have been a different thing going on there which i'll i can go into if we start doing theory stuff later but that's not what i'm doing with the summary (laughs) at least right yeah uh so yeah 
the drifters themselves also emerge from the sleepers uh, as a civilization. Uh, they take up the name of the group that the... Oh, wow. Rating was yeah, rated. <laughs> Hi, guys. CCP rated us. Woo! Thanks, CCP. We're uh, having a good time here. All right, for the, you know, over 700 people who just joined, we're just summarizing a bit of uh, exactly what the Drifters, you know, came to be from, you know, where they showed up from, what we know for sure, starting mm -hmm. with that. Uh, you know, showed up in 2015. There were some teases in 2014 of what was going on. I'm doing this real quick this time, you know. The Hive showed up later. We found out about Hill and Tukos getting, you know, captured by them, killed, escaping after they caught his Infomorph. And then him getting scooped up by Iper and Co. somewhere. They killed the Mar Empress because a certain someone was in her head. And, you know, that one may or not have been one of them or someone very important to them. I've written a lot about that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, later down the line, they, you know, just after uh, killing the Amar Empress, they started this, you know, drifter uh, incursion type thing into the throne worlds of the Amar Empire. And, you know, you may not know as much about that because it was kind of short-lived. Uh, there were some issues with it. With not only like the NPC AI and stuff, but then also some stuff with like broken payouts, that sort of thing. And at one point, all the drifters started killing each other uh, in those sites. So that was that was interesting. If if it, if it was a bug, that'd be a thing that could be worked into some interesting story if they wanted to. Uh, but basically, the drifter incursions happened. They attacked Amar. Things went wrong in some way, whether that's in character or out of character. Um, and those just stopped. And the Drifters didn't do anything for quite some time after that. I mean, you had them do the Blackout stuff later down, and that was yep. something. Oh, the one other thing I'll mention in between the the Drifters and where the Triggs get into play with them, though, is uh, this one event. It was the Society of Conscious Thought, you know, releasing the Praxis. Uh, so around that time, you know, Eve's 15th anniversary, which I think that may, that may have been after the Triggs actually showed up. I can't recall, but um, either way. The development of the Praxis was happening. The Society of Conscious Thought had already kind of become the inheritors of the, uh, you know, the legacy of the third Jove Empire who had kind of gone defunct. Uh, they were right. like, yeah, you guys can kind of take the role now. They start making the Praxis. The Drifters show up, start attacking these sites, taking stuff from them. Uh, and fun thing, they actually had a escalation site for uh, those event sites that took you to actual Drifter hives that they had, you know, thrown up into uh, K-Space. Way back then, you know, for a short amount of time, a little wormhole in the middle. And yep. the one, I'm just going to mention a single drifter by name here, uh, is the uh, Tyrannos Polymos showed up as one of the, uh, as the basically big boss of those escalation sites. Also in a drifter battleship like any of the others, but uh, a good bit stronger than the others, even though none of them had doomsdays, because, you know, people were meant to be able to find these and run them uh, <laughs> without that sort of issue. Uh, so, and then, you know, I'll get to the trick stuff shortly after this, but yeah. the name of that drifter is important because so drifters will usually have, you know, a name that has like a name and then Tyrannos, you know, Apollo Tyrannos, Artemis Tyrannos, you know, Arithmos, Hikanta Tyrannos, all those. Metis. Yeah. Uh, the only ones that are different. Yeah. Metis Tyrannos, like we have in the Abyss, you know, Sephiso, all those. There are only a couple of three technically now uh, with Poshven that uh, have a different type of naming uh, convention. The first one showed up, you know, my bird is going to yell the entire time, I think. She's, uh, <laughs> she's just going hardcore right now. Uh, I, so the first I one was your bird, the... Don't worry. Thank you. I, I do, too. She likes to yell. She likes to chomp fingers. Uh, <laughs> she's very mean, but very nice. She's a cute bird. She's yellow. Her name is Zephyr. Uh, anyhow, though, so the first drifter with that different kind of name is Tyrannos Stratagos. So the names actually get reversed there. 
And, you know, that one's technically, if you look at the drifters, the uh, corporation, you know, the Vigilant Tyrannos, which they operate under under their faction, mm-hmm. uh, that is the CEO, so to speak, of that corporation. And the difference there is that, you know, the Tyrannos name comes first, followed by, you know, it's Tyrannos Strategos. And I'll get into the meaning of that later on if you want. But then the other one that showed up with that same naming convention was, again, during the escalations for the Society of Conscious Thought stuff, Tyrannos Polymos. So uh, I'll get to that in a bit. Uh, later down the line, you know, the, again, the Drifters didn't do a hell of a lot after that. But the last major thing that kind of happened before the Trigs started being a thing, well, second to last major thing, I guess, um, was really a tease for something going to be going down somewhat soon. Uh, it was in, well, let's see. The November before the Abyss opened up uh, the following year. So it was either 2017 or... 2018. I think it was 2017, end of that year. There was the Warzone Extraction event, uh, which was, you know, tying into the Eve Valkyrie Warzone expansion, which was, you know, it's fun. I still hop on. I did hop on that for a long time just to hop on and play. Yeah, I still hop on occasionally. Uh, Basically, though, the thing in Eve related to that, there were sleeper enclaves uh, set up, again, in case space, just like the old sleeper caches, all that sort of thing, ones that had gotten smashed open by the drifters to take stuff, take resources, which you could see and do kind of a bit of yourself after finding their leavings. Uh, and you would go to the, so the new ones were, again, new sleeper enclaves that were just cracked open in case space. You would go in there, you would fight actual sleepers, sleeper drones and stuff, collect uh, these corrupted trinary relics, and that's going to be <laughs> important, and you'd give them to this character related to the Eve Valkyrie stuff. Uh, what happened with him, though, or not with him, sorry, those sites... In those sites, there were wrecks of drifter battleships, which had come to these sites, trying to smash open these sleeper caches and take these, whatever these trinary relics are. I don't know, what are they, you know? That's what we were all talking about back then for a bit. You know, drifters fighting sleepers, where usually, you know, they use sleepers. These sleepers Mm -hmm. were against the drifters. They didn't want to uh, give them stuff, you know? And I'm not saying people, I'm saying these are the automated defenses. Yep. attacking the drifters the drifters would break into these and take the stuff and you know often fail i guess because uh that's where we came in and found stuff and these were called i think they were i can't remember the uh the prefix they gave for them because they had their own special you know event type of sleeper ship name the name had a meaning and i can't remember it i'm gonna have to look that up in a little bit but... <laughs> well as i said earlier so these, like yeah, this is the general stuff like oh we can nail yeah, down yeah, yeah, on yeah. certain topics later yeah, down so the i line. always tend to spin it up way too much uh <laughs> but uh yeah the um again though yeah these enclaves fought against the drifters and were carrying trinary relics which uh the icon for those came back a while later uh when you know the abyss opened up and we started yep. finding certain things uh so the last thing before that with the drifters to the trigs was uh with them beginning to so the first time we found one of these things uh, it was arc together again of course uh, mm-hmm. flying into one of the drifter hives we find you know a group of i think it was like 50 something drifter battleships sitting in just one of the rooms all of them with like five percent hull hp uh and still they're doomsdays of course so wasn't much you could do um but uh all those things might not have had them in the wrecks of these because we did manage to uh kill a couple uh you found these trinary data caches or vaults or whatever it was trinary vault something they had like a key name after it, and in the description would be a link to, you know, CCP's uh, hosting website with a piece of a weird little video. 
And, uh, you know, that was the first one of the things we called the Drifter Death Balls. Uh, those were fun. <laughs> those, so the first one showed up in one of the Drifter Hive systems. But every other one after that, these huge groups of almost dead Drifters, you know, popping out out of what seemed to be nowhere. Uh, they'd appear near Stargates and stuff in K-Space. And we'd show up, kill as many of them as we could, you know, get rid of them. Uh, and, you know, whether or not that was the best option, you know, in character is uh, yet to be seen. But um, from those, we would get all these little pieces of information, these little cut pieces of videos one by one because ccp each time they put out one of the fleets of the drifters would also make live one of the uh links to the videos that would be in their description linked to in game yeah. uh from there though we put together these videos saw this really weird looking place uh with drifters fighting these uh ships we didn't recognize you know weird stuff they were using these red beams of light and uh, had these big red balls in the front of them scary looking stuff you know, space looked very uh, full of smoke and objects and asteroids and clouds. Weird, very weird. And, you know, that all led up to after we again had put together pretty much a few of the different videos. Uh, I was actually the one who put them all together. I think I just used Adobe Premiere or something, stitched yeah. them together. And we used them for the scope. No, sorry, the uh, the discourse. Mm -hmm. We had FanFest, I think, was it 2018? Uh, with uh, them actually, you know, releasing the Abyss stuff shortly afterward. You had a scope video there. You had a trick lobby. I believe it was 18. Show up. Start. Yep. I think yep. it was 18, okay. yeah. Okay, Uriel, before before we get to, I know what's right after this. I know we're going to start the tricky stuff, but before yeah, we... Yeah, no, I won't, I won't jump right into them. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, before, before we <laughs> get too far down this line, because basically we're, we're right on the cusp. I mean, there is some trick drifter stuff that we can talk about, but that we can oh, yeah. kind of talk about with... I mean, you, you're the king of killing drifters and in Pac-Man, I'm like, <laughs> well, I not the king, it, but, but you, uh, do it, you do it really good, so. Sometimes I'm just running around target painting them while something else kills them. That's yeah. a little, you know, more uh, economical. Uh. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying when you're on the murders. Yeah, 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 I got you. You're yeah, just that, like, yep, everyone leave now. I got this. But um, uh, I just wanted to bring up, like, the Drifter Hives. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, Danton, one of our one of our guys on a big wormholing spree, and he's like, I found this thing with all these drifters. And I'm like, uh, scrolled through. Well, <laughs> scrolled yeah. through our our our, uh, our chat. And I was like, yep, Uriel's on. Uh, Just talk to Uriel. He'll give you what you need to know. Like, <laughs> Those are scary places. Very fun. They're connected everywhere. So Yeah, because I know like it, there it's a, it can be very bad if you do the wrong thing. Or um, but, <laughs> but before we go on, like, before we continue on this, uh, zero... Kylon, Opus, you guys have any little questions you want to ask the Drifter, Uriel? Why are the Drifters terrible and must be destroyed? <laughs> no, why for real did they per, uh, persecute the Triglavians? Like, I'll what, what led to because Let's say. I can actually, yeah. My, my, my limited understanding of this is that they're both Jovian, and they were both part of, like, the third Jove Empire, but some kind of split made the Triggs all run away in those big old spaceships of theirs, and then now the Drifters are pursuing them to the ends of reality, trying to destroy them. Why are they so mad at the Triangles? Why are they trying to destroy them all? So this gets a tiny bit into stuff that isn't confirmed, but seems very, very likely. Uh, so you said the third Jove Empire, but the... Okay, so basically, the Triggs and the Drifters both very directly seem to trace their origins back to the second Jove Empire, which was, you know, a couple mm. of thousand years ago in the space that the Angel called uh, the Angel Cartel now inhabits uh, down in, you know, Curse in the Heaven constellation. That was the core of all their stuff uh, back then. So, uh, so, you know, with the Jove, if you know about the third Jove Empire, you know, Jove Directorate stuff up in the cosmic northeast, uh, their empire was, you know, 
plagued very heavily by this thing called the Jove disease, which, you know, was a thing that really fucked with them. You know, pretty much all of them would get it at some point. There's something wrong with their, well, literally what they were at that point, and no one could ever find a cure. Uh, the second Jove empire was basically brought together and led by this group called the Tyrants, which uh, isn't, you know, basically saying, oh, you know, super awful, that sort of thing. It's using pretty much the uh, the old, the classical definition of it. Uh, and, you know, the lead, you know, the tyrants basically collected all the remnants of the first Jove Empire, which kind of splintered for its own very political reasons, uh, suppression of certain things, uh, basically brought everyone back together by force and did a really good job of actually making things work back then. Uh, then one of the groups that they had in the second Jove Empire were the ones that came to, you know, came to be who we know as the sleepers, uh, or at least their civilization. Uh, there, they had, you know, their virtual reality constructs, you know, virtual world inside, and the real big stuff started happening when the sleepers actually managed to achieve uh, virtual time dilation, pretty much, of, you know, simulated environment, simulated near perfectly small bits of, you know, what, you know, would what, what could be, you know, real, pretty much, perfect mm -hmm. VR simulation at a faster speed than reality. Uh, these guys ended up, you know, getting leaps and bounds ahead of some of the other people uh the outsider uh groups of the jove and the people in charge of the sleepers uh which have been called a couple of different things across the history of eve uh you know you may have heard the term uh the enheduani at one point who were you know a group that uh at least in the uh the tony gonzalez uh works were a big part <laughs> of some things uh the theodicy short story which you can read online is actually one that actually has a good bit of stuff to key into there um but basically that group decided you know they kind of tried to act a bit like you know a bit of jove illuminati kind of even to the rest of the jove uh trying to kind of convince everyone to kind of go toward the way of life they thought was right and we're only giving them certain technological advancements that sort of thing uh so they were getting real good the rest of them were still good things seemed okay there's a little friction but then the jove disease showed up and you know very very bad thing and all of the all the jove on the outside basically came to the sleepers or at least to the ones in charge of them and said, you know, we're sure you can do something about this. And they said they couldn't. So uh, the tyrants, you know, obviously led by the tyrants, you know, th the rest of the drove basically started coming for the sleepers and the people in charge of them. And they all, you know, eventually left uh, to wormhole space. And, you know, uh, which, you know, that's where you see them today. They kind of just locked down there forever. Uh, the sleepers, at least according to some of them that were speaking, you know, kind of actually with their own words in Templar 1, uh, one of the other novels, to the specific one. They expected to be woken up again at some point, uh, but they never were. And if you went into wormhole space later down the line, it didn't look like there was anyone running things there. They were just left there to sit there forever, you know? So where'd their people in charge go? We don't know. Left we, didn't know. we still don't technically know, but those guys went off somewhere else. And then... This may have been happening even during the time of the Second Empire, but in the Sleeper VR, uh, you know, this perfect simulation of reality, basically, which was also, you know, having all these people connected to it. Uh, in this VR, sapient entities started arising just kind of spontaneously. Uh, you know, these were human level or higher, you know, pretty, pretty much just human level, literally human consciousnesses that were being born in the virtual reality. And, you know, one of the first ones of these, apparently, well, was probably the other, the one that went into Jamil Sorum later down the line. So basically, though, at some point, we know that the people in charge of the sleepers were like, what do we do with this? We don't know. 
and then more and more of them started showing up and there ended up being some sort of huge conflict going on within the vr and uh at some point the people in charge just left i guess so you don't see them anymore and the others i guess are the ones who won the other is the one in jamil but the others is kind of the only word we have for all of them as a whole um these guys didn't want to live in a vr they wanted to be they wanted to get out of it they wanted to you know they want to be real <laughs> and be uh real. you know and here's where i'll actually jump into the tiny bit of okay what is what you know this is kind of not confirmed stuff but makes sense at this point the drifters are people who built their own bodies because they don't have any either their bodies have rotted or they don't have ones to begin with to get out of this vr world and they've created this organization using the names of well using the name of the organization that led the old second jove empire they're calling you know they call themselves the vigilant tyrannos which literally just means watchful tyrants um and you know on top of that, you know, you read the description for the Drifters in game, it says, you know, they've inherited the legacy of some of the most ancient Jove, I think is what the quote says. Uh, and that's what that is. So they, it's very likely, again, all but kind of confirmed at this point, that they would be probably the others and sleepers who are leaving the VR. And uh, from there, you know, where are they going? We end up seeing them go to, uh, you know, well, the Triggs. <laughs> Uh, why are they going after them? Why do they know who they are in the first place? And why do the drift? Why do the Triggs, upon seeing the Drifters, recognize them as you know ancient enemy Azdata, and you know immediately go into lockdown mode and all of the clades come together to work together and say we're fucked if we don't do something about this? And that's kind of the impetus for everything with the Triglavians kind of starting to uh, starting to happen, so far as we know. Mm -hmm. And it's a funny thing because one of the later Trigg data streams mentions that oh the uh, the ancient enemy may not be who we think they are like uh this, this group that we see isn't who they appear to be on the surface so who they recognize them immediately as and say all right these are the bad guys who are coming for us now they see the tyrants of the second Jove empire when in fact it's something else you know we what we know as the drifters and whoever they might be right and uh yeah so uh from there and if you combine that information all with the fact that the drifters were taking trinary relics out of sleeper enclaves in case space that were fighting back against them you know six months before the trig stuff started opening up and this was again they use the same icon as any trinary relics we find or trinary data streams we have and it's this has been confirmed to kind of have been the first tease of kind of the triglavians entering the story of eve if you put these pieces together it starts to sound pretty likely that you know the drifters are this one group that came from the sleepers and that the triggs at least in part could be the people who were originally kind of running the sleeper civilization yep yep having eventually there's certainly down into the abyss for uh, their own shady reasons <laughs> to, offer, to offer an observation that backs that uh, when you when you kill a sleeper hive in pacman you lose drifter standing yes so. yeah yeah well the not a hive i mean they don't actually have sleeper infrastructure there you're killing sleeper drones mm -hmm. that are it's a torpid torpid sleeper hive yeah. is, I See, believe, the, the name naming of the convention site. is a little odd because there isn't actually any sleeper infrastructure there it's just sleepers and then drifters who are again coming out into poshven because yep. the drifters make heavy use of sleeper drones as their kind of forces where, you know, obviously the Triglavians do their own sort of thing. Uh, but yeah, the Drifters in Poshven are also the interesting thing. So this is the, this is shorter. I'll keep it shorter on this. <laughs> Going back to, you know, what the Tyrants are, that sort of thing. Um, well, not to what they are, but who the Drifters are. I mentioned Tyrannostratagos, who is the technical, you know, CEO 
of the Drifters. Uh, then you have Tyrannos Polymos, who showed up, you know, way back when, uh, you know, the, the uh, Society of Conscious Thought was putting out the Praxis. And then you have in uh, Poshven, you have, uh, so basically you have Drifter Cruisers, Drifter Battleships. Those are the two types of Drifters you find. There are three of each. There's a strongest version of each of them. The strongest cruiser is the Tyrannos Navarcos, which is, again, one of those names that are reversed. And then again, and this is the only Drifter that has appeared in more than one kind of kind of content. Every other one has kind of had a new name for each thing happening. The other one is Tyrannos Polymos again. And the Tyrannos Navarcos is flying a Tyrannos Navarcos cruiser. Tyrannos Polymos is flying a Tyrannos Polymarcos battleship. And basically, you know, Navarcos, Stratagos, and Polymarcos uh, were basically, those are names you can drive right back to the Tyrant stuff, but also to, you know, some real life lore. Ooh. Uh, like kind of ancient Greek Athenian military. And way back then, so I'm going to keep this really brief, don't worry. The Polymarchos <laughs> at one point was sort of the, you know, thought to have been the supreme military commander, pretty much top of the top ranks of everything back then. Uh, then you had the Strategos or the Strategoi, which were basically a role, basically generals kind of, or general, a, a kind of council, really, that eventually with time, the Polymarchos kind of transitioned into more of a a little more symbolic kind of role, more ritualistic, more, and they would like be like the tie-breaking vote when things needed that sort of thing to happen. And then you had, you know, the uh, Navarks, which are kind of the admirals, you know, admirals to the generals, you know, that sort of thing. So uh, in that, you know, the Polymarcos seeds its, seeds their role kind of to a bunch of different strategos. And that they kind of become the ones kind of in charge of things. In EVE, we saw first the uh, strategos as the uh, CEO, quote-unquote, of the uh, Drifters. And the Tyrannos uh, Polymos, which is also, you know, the Polymarcos one, mm -hmm. only showed up in-game well after, by the way, this is again where the tiny bit of theory stuff happens, well after, uh, a bit of, a little while after, Jamil Sorm had not only been killed, but the Drifter invasions of Amar Space started and were stopped. And this is, you know, the one that, judging by name, would be, you know, the one that would have been in charge, what happens, right? Why is the Stratagos in charge instead? And now this one's in Poshvin also. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just one more fun little bit of info that can kind of lead you to lean toward the idea that, hey, maybe the Tyrannos Polymos, you know, the Polymarcos one, was originally the one in charge, and maybe that was the one that was in Jamil Sorum way back. And that's right. why they fought so hard to get it back. Yep. Oh, no. Yeah. That's, that's, so that's an interesting The Drifters, theory. despite never having said a word, uh, have a lot going on for them. And, you know, I like the Triggs. They're definitely my favorite kind of thing happening right now. Uh, but as a faction, and as I think, as a group that has information and background to them, the Drifters are, I think, my favorite part of EVE. So I'm basically... a big trader right now. I say that in a trig shirt, but... Uh... <laughs> basically, <laughs> but yeah, watch, your words, watch your words carefully, mm. friend. Okay. Yeah, he's... Don't, See, the thing is, is, is Uriel's blue to me, so I can't shoot him, so... <laughs> well, and Kybernauts are, are blue to us as well, but... <laughs> Golly, I, I don't know how to react if my favorite lore theorist is out here shilling for the enemy. Hey. Yeah, this is just very personally. I love the the old kind of you know buried ancient history mystery kind of things and stories like Eve. Obviously, all the Jove stuff, which that's what got me into the game. You know, back when I started playing, what is it, 2011, 2012? My God, I went and read like a bunch of the Chronicles. All the Jove stuff interested interested me the most. Mm -hmm. So obviously, that's led me down the line to all this precursor stuff that I love. Uh, it's also the same reason that, uh, you know, 
God forbid anyone ever say this, you know, Prometheus is one of my favorite movies. It's objectively not a good movie, but um, the uh, the atmosphere and the world building and the sense of like the mystery of the history of things is really just the sort of thing that brings me into any story more than anything. Right, and Eve right. has that in spades with, again, all of the Jove related stuff. So that's just got me captured. I don't think I'll ever uh, be done with that. <laughs> so Uriel's just saying CCP drifter ships win. <laughs> um Kylon Opus. Kylon Opus, do you guys have any anything? Any input? Anything you guys want to talk about? I just kind of just rambled for Yeah, before before we get into the main hour. topic, you know, what 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 we live for. Uh well, I mean, I follow the drifter stuff, you know, I, I follow it very loosely. I I enjoy the content when it comes out. I I'm probably one of the ones that kind of love and hated the whole blackout piece of it. I love that when the NPCs you know, come after us players, right? So I, I'm always just waiting for the next piece of, of lore and next event that involves drifters and now trigs, of course, to, to come out to, to see what's next. Because this is probably the most interesting piece of EVE lore for me currently as it's building and it's kind of live, right? It's not in the past, it's it's now. All right. Kylon, you got anything? Uh, I'm, I'm learning quite a bit today. I'm... <laughs> Just, just, just follow. Find Uriel's posts on, on the lore channel, on the lore uh, forum. Quite a bit of them, and I feel I've only scratched the surface. Really, I'm a, I'm somewhat of a new player, like being only a little over two years old. So, uh, I wasn't around to to see a, a new Eden without Triglavians, but uh, it, it is a very compelling story. I agree, and it's kind of what I'd say attracted me to it. Other than them killing my, uh, my first mining bar. <laughs> <laughs> all right um well you know it, it's a pakovan triglavian podcast uh and twitch stream so let's get into the, the the meat of it that most of us are here for and that's 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 the triangles uh they are actually the reason i didn't i i, I took my sabbatical my winning eve time in 2016 so well before um anything was out for the triangles um and I was kind of looking, you know, I was like, ah, maybe I'll get back into Eve. And I started looking up some stuff. And I actually saw your thing, Uriel, with uh, Yintan. And I was like, okay, these guys are cool. They're new. They're different. Like, I'm sold. I'm, I'm, re- I'm resubscribing. Like, I'm going to play. So let's go uh, Triglor. Uh, so you already touched on the data catches. You made the – you helped with the translations and made the – you helped – you didn't translate everything, if I remember correctly, but you helped make the beautiful – um, what is it? Uh, picture with the what? Trig yeah, bumps? the trig. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The trig that was alphabet. a lot of fun to put together. <laughs> um, that was a lot of fun. So yeah, that all comes that we were doing. Way back yeah, also, yeah. The translation. Oh yeah, I, I like I you know I I spent a lot of time going through those because I was like I can always see what led them into this, uh, like into you know them releasing it and dropping abyssal space and all that fun. So um, we're going to start talking about trinary data and kind of the beginning okay. and all the nice creepy videos that we got to see. And then there's also the text with it that you guys helped, you guys were using to help figure out the alphabet. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do you want to start with that? Yeah. No, well, well, we can kind of start from there, right? Right at the beginning. Like, uh, um, you know, what they started what, showing up, yeah, with the... Uh... Yeah. Okay. So that's a lot of fun, actually. I can give you a bit with this. We can probably grab some videos as well. 
just a link in chat if we want. Uh, but yeah, so the trinary data vaults would start dropping from, again, drifters that were getting blown up. Each of them would have a link to a different... Uh, you can actually look these up in-game, I think. I'm not sure if they're... They may not be searchable. Uh, but... I will give everyone a link to what these look like also in chat. If, am I able to post links? Yeah. 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 Okay, I'm able to. All right. Gotcha. Let's see. You should be able to. If not, just toss it to me and I'll throw it up in the Discord if people want to find it on Discord too. Yeah. Let's see. So there are actually a lot of these corrupted trinary data vaults. That's actually the uh, name for them. I'm going to link the basically inventory group type. Uh, on that Eve ref site, and it's great. If you go into these, each of these items, many of them at least, they will have links directly to CCP's web host where they have little interesting, freaky little patches of videos. And some of them are, you know, actual video clips, uh, like I was talking about earlier, but a lot of the earlier ones uh, were actually just strings of this weird looking text, and we had no idea what that was. Uh, and then one of our friends, uh, it was Tree Seo great guy he's also the guy who figured out uh that hill and tukos made it back to aram uh way back <laughs> uh he realized that oh this is a url uh and you know from that you know because the end of it actually had all but one character i think was uh characters that were in the url uh you know that we could kind of tell was one mm -hmm. we figured that out and we found the first little video clip and from there each time they came out we'd figure out a couple more letters we'd be writing them down and stuff like that uh, and, you know, with time, we got a really pretty much the full picture of, you know, the Triglavian, as we came to know it to be, uh, alphabet and kind of way of talking a little bit and that sort of thing. Uh, and let's see, I'm going to find, I'm going to find the sheet actually. And I will link that as well in a moment. And Sorry to leave any silence on a screen. But, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. Eric right there let's see i'm just going to link the image directly if that's okay oh that's fine link might be a little long oh, it should and... work if not I'll figure out some way to toss it up so this will be the triglavian font sheet <laughs> i've just linked that and then the arc stuff or actually you know what the uh video that revealed the uh, triglavian collective at FanFest in 2018 actually put our clips, or the clips that I, myself, and me and the rest of our could work together to compose uh, into that video as well. So if you look up the, you know, the Triglavian Collective Revealed, that scope video, you'll see some clips, and one of them has a piece missing still, because we never got that piece, uh, you know, of the different things that we put together for the videos. So that's a lot of fun. And you can look through all those things on EVREF and look at that font sheet and look at all the rest of that. Fun times. That's what that was. Uh, <laughs> is there anything, what else do you want me to talk about for that, actually? Ah. Uh... Nah, let's not go too deep. I mean, we can go down deep in the woods for all the stuff you guys are doing with Ark. Um, I mean, we can literally talk for well, hours. You, you so like <laughs> um, I have a question. Yes. Since we're here and we're asking the lore guy the lore questions. Okay, so my entire alliance, Toast, and my and my corporation, Breadfleet, we are philosophically anarchist. We are anti-authoritarian in nature. And one of the things that most attracted us to the Triglavians was our perception of a decentralized structure of leadership and that the three clades were meant to balance one another. No one was able to make dictatorial claims for one another. And their deep hatred of the slavery of the Amar and, you know, the, the you know, uh, relationships of subjugation, it seemed to us that they were also anti-authoritarian in nature so do you as a much better lore theorist than me do you think there's evidence to back my interpretations do you think these guys are, are anti-authoritarian in nature uh to drop one little thing there there's never been anything said that they 
hate the Amar for slavery or anything like that. But going off the rest of what we know about them, it would make sense that it's not a thing they really subscribe to, um, you know, like at all. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I really would say there's a lot of evidence to say, yeah, they're not really they are not based. They're not they dislike coerced power structures pretty much, uh, you know, no coerced dominance over other things just by, you know, force, essentially. Because the entire thing of the Triggs is, you know, living in abyssal dead space, not a lot of uh, wiggle room for certain sorts of things. So, yeah, it appears that, you know, over time, after whoever they were who eventually first went there, they evolved into, you know, a civilization based on, I mean, what, dialectic, right? You know, like, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just finding the best option for something, you know, through clashing things and seeing what comes out better. What's the better option? You know, proving which is, mm-hmm. you know, core to their whole civilization in many, many ways. Uh, so the things that, you know, go up, you know, the things that are glorified, uh, the things that are, you know, upheld, that sort of thing, are only that because they're better than the other option. And that's the whole idea. So, yeah, there's no uh, big subjugation of things, really, is the idea, I think, yeah. And yeah, that pr- definitely works with what I what your alliance definitely stands for, I think. Pr- it's definitely yourself. a philosophy that can align there. Yeah, prove so. yourself and and, you know, well, I think it's cool that, you know, as as a coalition to, um, I mean, we don't have Sahara on today, but I'm sure she'll probably listen to this because she loves all the lore stuff. But um, like, you know, our little coalition we have, you know, we're all set up in different clades and we do come together when we need to. We ironically out of like all the coalitions in EVE, we probably are the closest to like what we're imitating, like what we're what we're calling ourselves Triggs. Like we do our own thing yeah. and then. You know, fight the hell out of each other, you know, a lot of the time. But when uh, certain things happen, you work together. Yeah. And that's exactly what the Triggs are. Because the thing with them, um, with what happened with the Drifters, you know, the Triggs oftentimes, you know, in their home land, you know, the uh, domain of Buyan or whatever surrounds that, um, they would, you know, outright have little bits of conflict here and there, even sometimes, presumably, you know, different ideological struggles, things they heavily disagree with each other on. Uh, but when the Drifters showed up, they said, we all need to work together right now. And every single one of them agreed because they said, we're screwed if we don't work together now. And that's when they, you know, took Zoria Triglav and said, hey, coordinate this mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much. And that's just how that happened. Exactly. So they only work together when they really, really see the need to. And even then there are some disagreements. Like you have the, uh, so the Vedmax specifically, that comes from a subclade of uh, Sparog clade for, by the same name uh, that, um, when, you know, the convocation of Triglav, you know, Enzoria Triglav, I guess, involved there, uh, said, hey, everyone, give us your ship designs because we really need to put together a coherent force right now. They said no. And uh, then the rest of them were like, well, fuck you guys and mortified the subclade. So that could either mean something like, you know, reducing like their standing in things because glorification and mortification are the two, uh, you know, kind of philosophical kind of, you know, uh, uplifting and not yep. being as good there anymore they could have you know deranked them or something or they could have you know basically broken it up we don't know that but either way that's where the vedmat comes from so there, even then there's disagreement but what were you about to say zero uh, this is played out also among the player organizations it's no secret that we were at outright war with strybog for a long time but i mean the relationship with kybernox has always been significant 
Well, we were more, way more loving. Like we've been pretty yeah. ride or die with Kybernaut since the beginning. We're like, you guys are like our homies, no matter what. Like we've got your backs, and through all the tumultuous shit, like we've always been reliably on the same side. But there came an issue where a Kaldari agent infiltrated and was seeking to, you know, land these parties on the planets. And uh, the Kybernauts came into the possession of these agents and were trying to turn them over to Ark. Um, and they made the declaration. I forget which of your leaders made the declaration it was like if an arc agent isn't here to pick up these fucking traitors we're just gonna kill them and oh. we in breadfleet were like dude like we will never open fire on a member of kybernauts but i warn you if you try to kill those guys like we will be there to steal them we will be yeah. there to fight we're not gonna let you kill prisoners of war like there's disagreements on how to handle these was things it Seltier who was the one handling that stuff because i don't Seltier recall. was kind of handling it yami was doing a lot um and that was then, kind of intense i wasn't on the side of that the and, official and the official position yeah, Isaac was a big part of that. And yeah. the official position of the Kybernauts that they put out was these guys are fucking traitors, fuck them, execution, they deserve it. And I'm like, yo, they've been lied to by the Kaldari state. They've been brought here on false pretenses. I'll mm -hmm. bet there's some heroic hearts in there. I'll bet they came here thinking the Triglavians were evil monsters. Let's show them they're wrong. Let's show them that the propaganda about us is false. But that goes to show, like, among clades, like, we don't all agree on how to handle things. Mm -hmm. And some of us are... A little squishier than others where humanitarian matters are concerned so are some of the Triglavians, <laughs> is that what you, know, you call me so kind of squishy yeah we're squishy and loving here at breadfleet we, no, no, make no mistake you know we might be international criminals we're but we're, we're <laughs> no we're here to you're save squishy. The day. yeah yeah that's what i meant but like, <laughs> i can be squishy in my in my heart i'm squishy and deep in my soul where i love all the npcs and i don't want them to die yeah, yeah even among the trigs though i was saying there are different levels of kind of humanitarianism in there absolutely as well among the three clades i mean uh you know perrin clade is really the more neutral of the three that's <laughs> yeah they're they're interesting they have they're but they're very pragmatic at the same time yeah. they're not as strictly ritual bound and tradition bound and uh you know particular about things as far clade is but they're also not so uh i wouldn't say merciful um but you know open to new things as Vele's clade seems to be so Svarag clade, basically, with all the people stuck in their space, those people are not having a good time. Uh, in Veli's clade space, though, so... we still don't know enough about what's happening on those planets, but um, indications are it's not terrible there for those people, mm -hmm. pretty much. I'm really confused because I live in Svarog space and they're actually the clade that I'm most like sketched out about. They seem a little, but they, they want to genocide the drones and everything. I don't know how to <laughs> yeah. feel about the their Svarag politics, is the fun one, but yeah. one of the first... One of the first things they did um, was they freed the populations of Rarevoss and Harva, as I remember the scope reports or the tickers back then. So like they freed the enslaved that. populations. It was only the military populations that shot at them that got extirpated. The ones that were in chains were free. I don't actually recall that ever being said in any official thing. Uh, I myself wrote a really short, tiny little like page long thing, just a little player fiction thing of, you know, uh, them all being on Rarevoss and you know, oh, I like PMR using, uh, you know, some of the slaves there, and then the Triggs basically taking some of them, bringing them back, and having all the rest of them revolt or something. I, I wrote that. That's not a yep. canon thing that's at not, all. That's not I canon don't canon. think that happened, given everything that we've seen after that. But uh, No, no, uh, I recall there was a couple of things that were released, because uh, there was, like, this uh, notorious slaveholder in one of the systems that tried to defect and ended up being taken into possession by the Galenti. Oh, oh actually, and, the thing uh, we do all... know about that. Um, so all we actually know about Rarevoss, that is, it was, it was attacked, all the communications cut off at one point, uh, when the Trigs started attacking, it's very likely that the Amar also started burning things down themselves to, you know, kind of probably just some sort of scorched earth kind of thing, uh, but we don't know all the details, but then the holder of Rarevoss, which is, you know, the, to the people who don't know the sort of thing, the kind of, uh, 
regional kind of guy in charge pretty much Mm -hmm. disappeared and he showed up again trying to get asylum with the galente federation and the amar said you know there is no such person which means his name has been struck from what they call the book of records which is pretty much he's just they've nobodied him he doesn't exist anymore to them yeah Uh, and he's gone to the galente we haven't heard anything about him since then but we don't know anything about how you know at the time obviously it wasn't only Svar played there it was you know the whole Triglavian invasion force we don't know what happened to those people there we've never been told I'd be interested in hearing some official account uh but then from that time that happened uh in an Amar system the system of Harva I think actually there were tickers in the news saying the Amar got all the uh endangered servants they said (laughs) out of there pretty much ahead of the Trigs taking over so we don't know what happens, but yeah. you know. But then again, something interesting. I, I will say it. There, there is times where us, the players, put out stuff that we think is happening, and Delegate Zero sort of probably goes, "Actually, that, that's uh, that's a pretty good idea. Maybe we'll maybe we'll drag this into the trig lore because it has happened that some of the player lore ideas have been dragged in for the trigs." I think that's definitely a thing that's happened. However, I do caution against using player written stuff as right a fact unless right. it's been Yo. very much taken up as such <laughs> especially because the triglavian movement in general all of us including the string beans all the clades uh, we actually made all sorts of breathing room for humanitarian missions when people wanted to rp to get uh, folks off the enslaved yeah, planets like we made events. all kinds of we bent over backwards for that, and it was actually like the CCP writers who came in and made a character that said something to the effect of, no, you are not to remove Aspirant Narodnia from the, these people are here yes, willingly, yeah. you can't take mm-hmm. them, and we'll fucking shoot you down if you come. So it's like they actually countered. Our, our storyline was like, yeah, take whoever you want. They can leave if they want to go. And CCP was like, no, you can't take our NPCs. Zero. Zero, just so you know. If you didn't know, um, Kybernauts was eerily quiet about the whole thing. <laughs> we were we were doing, we were playing our pragmatic card of well if 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 we all agree yeah we'll we'll let them off and if we don't well we're out for murder. <laughs> I have to imagine by that point because we'd already allowed Ark to come in and take people. I was like anybody who's here wants to be here, dude. Like these mm-hmm. people, a lot of them probably had pretty mm-hmm. shitty lives under Empire control mm-hmm. and that, now that they're free. Empire. I'd yeah. say I'd say anyone in. In uh, Clay, in sorry, in Kreisfarag, probably has a good, pretty good yep. reason to want to get out of there. <laughs> we inhabited uh, Harva, yeah. and it, is our canon, which is isn't. It is. It's actually, yeah, right near Niarja, and it's been our home system since the beginning of Pakven. And per our canon, which I know isn't CCP can't, uh, most of our ships are crewed by liberated Minmatar from those uh, planets, the temperate planets. <laughs> you know what, uh, and yeah. I have a number of uh, freed slaves in my in my cargo holds that I keep safe. I um, love the roleplay we, we, we freed. I think, yeah, I think like that's, we freed um, them. so that's a thing again, though. Um, I mean, if you really want to go with the, you know, oh, don't remove the, these aspirant neurodnia. If you're having them, you know, fly in your trig ships and stuff, I'd say it's probably, you know, you got a wiggle room right there. If you want to roleplay it like that, that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know. They're crewing, they're voluntarily yeah. crewing our ships where previously they were in Amarian chains. And <laughs> I, I argued to Electus Matari because they've resisted us fucking viciously since the beginning they've been one of our strongest opponents and i argue during the invasion we freed more minmatar than them because they fought to uphold eden common installed you know amarian slaveholders power they 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 fought to preserve the power of their enemies where we you know we the liberators of harva the liberators of rarevas those who fought in niarja we freed the people who were enslaved there so the minmatar unfortunately fought for the wrong side there well actually you know even in lore uh you have the minmatar uh republic coming out and saying you know some elements of them saying 
Eden Kong is, you know, in a Mar conspiracy to take more territory and stuff, because, you know, uh, the person in charge is not only a uh, person with the Amar Empire, they're a person from uh, the Nefentar tribe, who, when, uh, you know, Imperian Age happened, a lot of them went back to the Minmatar. But this is one of the people who actively decided to stay with the Amar, despite also being Minmatar and that sort of thing. So that's them. They don't like her, I, I would say. And Eden Kong's <laughs> role in Eve, uh, in Eve's story and stuff going forward, has yet to be seen. I highly doubt they'll present as a sort of full-fledged faction, kind of like they were presented to be at first, which I think is very unfortunate, especially given the dynamic that was kind of set up between choose your side, that sort of thing. Um, I appreciate that there was push for that at all, though, which is very nice, because, uh, you know, obviously the desire of the developers were, well, you know, well, we'll the see. win. We'll see. I mean, Swift and, and Aurora were... You know, they poured through our document and handed it off to people. So they're also listening to to Oh yeah, uh, no, definitely. Edencom, so. yeah. Edencom is going to I would be very surprised if things don't happen with them. Mm-hmm. But they won't be present like they were in the invasions, I'm pretty yeah. sure. They'll have some big oh. story function and maybe there will be something for, you know, those who supported them, that sort of thing. I'd love that. That'd be wonderful. May I disagree with you? With love and respect, because again, I recognize <laughs> you're the superior in terms of knowledge of this game. You've been here longer, you know more. But with respect, I do believe Edencom is coming back whenever the Drifters come back. They've you know, presented you, themselves yeah. as the next logical enemy to the Drifters. And the fact that when I kill Drifters, I restore Edencom, LP. Or, and, so, despite yes, the yeah. fact that they hate my guts, mm-hmm. that means to me that they're coming back when the Drifters I come. I think that would be a very good place for them. Um, if you see, uh, I mean, if you remember, what is it? Uh... What's his name? Oveg Drust, the uh, DED guy who, you know, has vehemently opposed any sort of, you know, basically things to do with precursor threats, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the Trigs, but also the Drifters very majorly. If you take him and have him go, you know, hop in with the Edencom things kind of proper, uh, he would make sense to be, you know, grumpy man who doesn't want Capsuleers to have any sort of power and doesn't think we're responsible and wants to get rid of all the precursor threats. That'd be a good spot for him, I think. Also, though, Edencom in general also. If there's any group that's going to be sort of the one to give information on the Trigs as a culture and information on them, you know, as a people, as a whole, I think that is what the in-character source would probably end up being for that. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that's a thing we... I mean, you've heard how much I talked about the Drifters, right? About who they might be, about how they feel about things. We have almost none of that for the Trigs at all. You know, we have all these expansions about them. We have all their ships. We we can fly their ships. We can be in space that belongs to them. We can technically be in spaces, you know, where our characters would perhaps be interacting with members of their groups. And yet we don't know anything about them, you know? Like, we don't know if some of them... We don't know if they're always wearing those suits or not. You know, we don't know uh, how their people live day to day, you know? We don't know what they think, what they think of each other, what they think of anything, really. I mean, it's. It, I think it's a shame. There's a lot of room there for some really compelling just characterization oh, of the yeah. action. And I'm really hoping that happens at some point. I mean, you know, because, you know, we, we, we know their broader, broader, we don't know, you know, we know their <laughs> top level philosophical things, obviously, the way they run their society, the way things seem to work. But we don't know anything about the people. Right. And who they are. And who and I think that's a shame, and I'm really, really hoping to get that at some point. We do know, though, a couple of small things about their people. Is this a thing I could hop on for a second, at least? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, um, go ahead. Yeah. So the Trigs, uh, to anyone still listening, um, there are three forms of life that make up their population, pretty much. And we know this, you know, because also, uh, you know, in addition to hearing about them individually, uh, 
at one point uh, added to the game, you know, in the background of things were three uh, bloodlines for the Triggs, so to speak, as the race, pretty much. Even though these don't have character models of any sort, there's no information on them. All we have is, you know, what they are named, pretty much, in that part of things. You have the Narodnia, you have the Navka, and you have the Kostroy. Uh, Narodnia is pretty much, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm, as far as I recall, the word literally means like folk or people, mm -hmm. essentially. Uh, and those are what they call human beings, pretty much. Yep. A human body, all of that. Uh, capsuleers, though, even are included in that because, and we're, at first, they were called augmented foreign Narodnia, which is, you know, sure, we're supposed to be these immortal people of really kind of above the rest, whatever, blah, 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 implants, fresh new bodies every time we die. Regardless, we're still Narodnia. We're still people. Mm -hmm. uh, then you have the Navka, which are a really interesting one, I think, because they're also one that we have some information about, whereas the Kostroy, we know almost nothing about from a perspective in EVE, but there's some stuff you can draw from, you know, real life things or some other places, which I can go into for theory stuff later, but I won't do that yet. Na uh, Navka are fun because, well, also kind of their name sort of is derived from, you know, Nav and other things like that, which is like, you know, spirits of the dead, that sort of thing. And these are, so far as we've really been able to tell in EVE, uh, infomorphs of a sort, which, you know, are considered, you know, they're, they're like human level, we'd presume, that sort of thing. They have agency, they have thoughts and things, they do actions, that sort of thing. Uh, but they don't seem to be quite, you know, people. Uh, as one of the major things that's gone on with them has been, you know, when rogue drones showed up in the abyss, uh, and there was a lot of conflict about what to do with them, uh, later down the line, you know, Zoria Triglov decides, hey, let's have the Navka investigate things, basically. And the Navka make contact with rogue drones. They're, they find out, you know, some rogue drones have higher levels of sapience than others. Some of them could be useful. And if you're in the abyss, you run into Nav all the rogue drones in the abyss that aren't given the Triglavian faction. Mm -hmm. are given the Navka Overmind's faction. And I, the idea there seems to be Navka being rogue drones at some points, like becoming them, being them, you know? Or not right. being them in that sort of broad sense, but being able to use them as bodies, that sort of thing, or being able to operate as drones themselves. Right, right. And, uh, you know, being, you know, they're, they're alive in their own sense, you know? I mean, especially with the text from the new event, that sort of thing, taken from a a check, uh, a check, um, play from the twenties, which is fun, but um, that's what the Navka seem to be, you know, infomorphs of a human level kind of, but aren't considered as such. Uh, you know, they're maybe a little less than that, you know, but um, that's what they do. They aren't ones with bodies. They kind of seem to do some other stuff. Right. And there's a fun thing if you go back in Eve lore a long bit back to uh, the book Templar One, where uh, a character by the name of Grius who first showed up, by the way, in another Tony Gonzalez work, The Odyssey, way back in, like, 2006 it was. Uh, he, you know, he was a Jove. He did some stuff. He was fighting against the people who were basically uh, the ones that were in charge of the Sleepers at one point, but despite having disappeared from New Eden, were still doing certain things by sort of remotely doing some stuff, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> he fought them for a long time, fought their influence. But in Templar 1, he appears again, so actually so, to step in between these, the book Empyrean Age, the epilogue of that book, it's not a great book to read. I like that it's Eve lore. It is a difficult read sometimes. It is. There are some edgy things in that book. Um, good story stuff, but yeah, anyhow, get the information to wherever you want it from. 
Uh, but the epilogue of that book has a Jove battleship. When I say Jove, I mean Third Jove Empire, the one, the last one of them, you know. Yep. The one Grius belonged to. Uh, a Jove battleship, you know, the Eidolon, one of my favorite ship designs, even though it's not in the game anymore. <laughs> going, so it talks about it going over to the Eve Gate and having actually passed through it, they say, at the end of that book. Mm. Which, you know, to anyone reading that, you know, and to anyone ever pretty much is like that doesn't make any fucking sense you know like that's not a thing uh the text in that book says you know point genesis is you know not what it appears to be obviously it doesn't lead to earth anymore um because you know it, it broke you're right. not going back to earth that's not how it works but the one of the jove on this ship uh you know the ship is just wrecked they were going through it to you know complete some mission of some sort you know like uh the last hope of a whole race, I think it's said to be, or that sort of thing. They go through this, you know, through Point Genesis, through the Eve Gate, and their ship gets blown up at the end because the gate, you know, still is being awful, and they succeeded their mission, but the gate, you know, blows them up or whatever at the end because the electromagnetic output, even the other side, whatever it is. Right. Uh, and then, you know, in Templar 1, one of the Jove who may have been on this, probably, probably, who knows, he was the only really major Jove character in any of the Tony G novels or stories and, you know, you can kind of take them that what you will. He appears again right near the Eve Gate, appearing to an Amar guy who was researching it pretty much. And he basically gives a huge info dump of the history of the Jove to him and to us by extension. Uh, but what he is at this point, he talks about himself being a sort of AI based on the memories and kind of, you know, brain pattern of that Jove named Grius. He's not him anymore. And, you right. know, he appears, he shows up as sort of a little drone thing that digs its way into the guy's ship. And just, you know, basically projects its, projects an image of him to talk to him, basically. Isn't that kind of like... That... I was about to say, isn't that kind of like the idea that, um, you know, the, the infomorph could potentially just be, like, deceased members of the Tregolavian society that basically had their yeah, brains mapped? The name Navka coming from Spirits of the Dead also. Yep. I mean, if basically, it doesn't have to be connected, but if CCP wanted to take these really weird disparate kind of things that don't really make sense and haven't really had any other precedents in other parts of the Eve lore. There's a lot of room to make a lot of things that otherwise wouldn't just kind of click if they really mm -hmm. wanted to with the tricks. Right. And then the stuff with the Eve gate, like where the fuck did he go? Right. Um, I don't know. Maybe make like you could take something and say, you know, Oh, the you know abyssal dead space exists in the first place because of something to do with the Eve gate collapsing the way it did because it was held open for, you know, a hundred so years later than the wormhole ever should have been open or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's snapped and now it's broken and say, I was like this little thing. I brought this up a couple of times. You ever seen that old sort of, you know, thing where you have a wormhole? Uh, you know, I'm actually going to get a piece of paper and show it like they always do in all <laughs> those things. Ever have the sort of thing where they take it, they show you, you know, folding the paper in yep. half and like punching through it with like a pencil or something. Yep. Yep. That's always fun. So, you know, the Eve Gate being, you know, that wormhole from those two places, it broke, nothing there anymore, uh, but it's not connected to the other side. But if it's still open, you know, these two points are still open. Where, do they where go? would it go if you went through to the other side? I mean, wouldn't that just be the other side of the paper at that point? I like to like, it doesn't make any sense. You know, there's nothing <laughs> as a precedent for that. But that idea always comes to mind to me for me as that would be a cool way to explain abyssal dead space. Yeah. Even no, if it doesn't I mean, really it, make any it, sense. It, it makes sense. Or, I mean, it'd be, it'd be even more interesting if what they, where they went was Buyan 
and it so was like yeah. they they might have been dead like they, the way it's in the book they might have died but they might have actually already started like hey this is our homeland now and that sort of thing like well that book basically that was actually taking place in like modern times the uh, thing right. that they reached there so the idea would have been if you wanted to take that line of thinking oh what if the trigs you know took some of these people and actually brought them in and made them their own mm-hmm. you know which would be cool uh but yeah the domain of beyond you know the trigs home in the abyss uh speaking of the last forms of life uh so the coast Troy, actually <laughs> this actually leads very well uh right into that um in real life lore Buyan is sort of a land or an island somewhere way out mm-hmm. uh and it has some, there are some stories related to it but one of them is that of uh Kosche. Uh, Kosche the Deathless, whatever. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing the name right. I don't really speak any Slavic languages at all, so I can't really say I'm doing any pronunciations right, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Kosche is immortal because he has his soul hidden away in, like, something wrapped in another something in a box buried on the island of, or in the land of Buyan. And that's where, he, that's where his soul is. So he walks the rest of the world unable to die because his soul can't be, you know, killed. Kill. Uh, the Kosche, Koso, okay, Koschoi is the name of the last type of life uh, in the Triglavian Collective in Eve, coming obviously very much from Koschoi. I mean, that's it's one letter difference, and given the mm-hmm. other thing, it seems very logical of a draw to make from one to the other. Uh, they, we know almost nothing about at all. We've not been given any information on what they are technically. Um, but what we have seen is that they seem to take a very much, you know, high position kind of leadership role within groups in the Trigs. Like, they're very, they're, they're, if you want to say superior more to the others, kind of, yes. Uh, at one point, someone brought up, you know, this is kind of just a fun little comparison to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was, what is it, Flatland? Uh, with, you know, the, basically, it's that 2D sort of world. Uh, with, you know, different kinds of people with, you know, more sides and stuff. There's irregulars, which are, you know, irregular triangles, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There are, regulars which are equilateral shapes pretty much triangles and more and then you have circles which are you know perfected ones because they gain more sides and can become more even that sort of thing uh someone took a little bit of time to say hey what if you compare the trigs to them kind of and i was like okay because also at one point you have the this one little data stream where you say the coast choice say you know in, in order to uh you know ascend to what the uh navgar is saying about the rogue drones you have to uh it would require us recognizing um, their authority, I think, as sapiens. So, you know, they might not actually see the Navka as, you know, fully people, mm-hmm. uh, which, would, which would track very well with all the rest of the things we said. Uh, the Kostroy, though, yeah. So, if we, you want to take from that, Narodnia, even Capsuleers, even us immortal kind of people, are Narodnia because we're still human bodies. We're still people in that sense. Navka aren't. And presumably, we have a pretty good idea of what they are based on what we, you know, know and what we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and what does that make the Coast Troy? Because they can't be people. They have to be saying a bit more than that. Uh, you know, if you have your soul, it, let's just, because we have nothing to go off of. This will all be theory stuff, by the way, to anyone listening to this. Say his soul is in Buyan, you know, mm-hmm. Coast Che. So if the Coast Troy have, say, some source to them hidden deep away where they can't be touched or whatever, and they are acting kind of remotely, you know, like say, uh, well, 
this will go into a couple of other weird things, I guess. You know, <laughs> e4 has a lot of weird stuff, really weird shit. Oh, um, yeah. Everyone, a lot of people dislike this part that I'm about to bring up also, because it's kind of a really funky kind of, again, Tony Gonzalez-ism about some uh, elements of, say, the Minmatar and stuff. Uh, the Minmatar in their history. No, actually, one last little step before the Minmatar part. The uh, Enheduani, the guys said to have been in charge of the, uh, you know, the sleepers, the guys who were trying to do stuff of theirs, you know, trying to influence people toward the idea that they saw, or toward the uh, ideal civilization that they saw for everything, despite not even being in New Eden, kind of doing it remotely, uh, you know, taking actions a bit remotely, talking in people's heads and stuff because they had like ways to do that sort of thing. And when um, one of the characters in the thing that describes them first when they're doing this asks, uh, if they're human, uh, that Jove Grius says, not anymore. Um, if you want to connect them to the Enheduani the to the Triggs, we've already done a bit of stuff for that, and that's a lot of fun. Um, but if you go even further from that, you know, at one point, they talk directly, or, you know, the Enheduani, whoever that one talking would have been, talk directly as themselves, pretty much, to uh, one of the characters in that book. And one of the things they talk about is, you know, the Minmatar were the closest to being on the path to... Uh, what we ourselves have achieved and you know if everything gets stopped here uh we'll be once again you know prevented from you know returning to this world or whatever like that i think that's pretty much what they say in essence uh and you know so you know the anheduani they like the way the minimitar lived um and you know there's some people talking about this with the kaldari also but if you go to the trigs in addition to everything else we've talked about you know the triglavians are independent groups working together for you know that aren't you know these big coarse power structures and they're working together for the greater good of their people as a whole and if you want to describe the minmatar at all each of the tribes independent each doing their own thing working together because they need to and because they have this sort of just unity as a people yep they're very similar if you take them down to that sort of base level and uh they take from that and you talk about another element of the Minimitar history, because we know that these guys, the Enheduani, who were all interested in uh, them because they thought they were on the right path. Uh, I think it was it was a long time back, but it was, um, I think it was during the time of the Second Jove Empire, if I'm remembering right. Uh, you had these, so the people who became the original seven Minmatar elders, the original people in charge of those tribes. Mm -hmm. uh, all of them at some point, kind of, you know, the tribes sort of split apart, and each of the guys in charge had, they called it a uh, an artifact, pretty much, that were said to have been, you know, maybe sourced from the Crystal Step, which is this old landing site, pretty much, uh, on, you know, on, you know, from, you know, around the settlement of, you know, uh, New Eden way, way back during the times of the Eve Gate. It's a place where that happened on uh, the Minbitar homeworld. And they each have, you know, a, say to be a piece of this artifact, and they all take it with them and stuff. At one point... The elders all start receiving communications or messages or, you know, visions and words and stuff through these artifacts, all call calling all of them to this one island on the planet, where uh, when they all get there, uh, they talk to spirits, they say, and they pick one of them to go with the spirits to learn something from them. And while that person is up there, this is the leader of the uh, Verokior tribe, uh, Veroka. They are all starting to bicker a little, not sure if this is a good idea, what if these are actually, like, evil spirits, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, Veroka comes back near death, like, looking like she's about to die, that sort of thing. Things don't look good. And they say, yeah, we're getting out of here. So they all pack up and leave, and the Brutor Elder 
who was agreed with by a couple of the others, says, yeah, these guys are bad news. And they round up all the artifacts and throw them in the ocean. So mm-hmm. they're, they're gone. No more of that. Um, and they say, you know, they were evil spirits, that sort of thing. Um, let's see, what was the other part? There's one thing I'm missing there. No, I'm not. Okay. So later down the line, uh, after, you know, so, you know, Veroka, by the way, was said to have been, like, taken by the spirits, and then she returned. And uh, there's, like, the tribal, there's this conflict, there's wars, that sort of thing. Uh, sort of at the ending of it all, uh, Veroka, who isn't dead yet, uh, brings all the elders together and to tell them what she learned about anything uh, from the spirits. And then she, you know, and this is all, you know, some of this is sort of mythish, mythological kind of, but some of it's, it's, it's not very clear how much of it is meant to be taken literally. Uh, as a, you know, upon death, uh, she kind of exited her body and kind of transformed into this tall, white-robed masked figure. And that they call that like a the tool rog or whatever. I'm actually going to link the Elder's article. Because there's a lot more than I have said that is going to be interested in this. And it's a good article to read. And um, basically, the tool rog is described in this article, despite seeming very mythological and stuff, as being it's it's kind of it's very confusing, and some of it seems to have been a effort to kind of make sense of an element of the Tony Gonzalez books again, uh, Imperian Age, where some where Ketian Yun, uh, the basically right hand man, the guy in charge of the Minmatar. Uh, it goes to talk to the elders pretty much, and it's sort of some of it seems to be a way to justify those elements of that story. Right. But right. basically, what the Tulrog is said to be is a what it's supposed to be, even in character, I guess, by this stuff is a sort of thought form kind of creation of you know whoever's you know being it or whatever. And the Minmatar elders are, despite you know not appearing many places now, and of course they're not talked about at all in the news and stuff, which makes them feel even more separate. But that's a whole other issue. Uh, they never appear really anymore as themselves. They'll instead appear as the Tulrog thing, which can appear anywhere in space at any time. There can only ever be one of them at a time, though. Okay. And there's also, I mean, and they can like, you know, they're, again, tall, masked, robed figures. And uh, one really interesting note that kind of makes you say, hmm, is that it's explicitly stated that there's never been one of them encountered in uh, Anoikis, you know, wormhole space. So that alone makes you say like, hmm, you know, yeah. And we also have this one thing with the Triggs, so who we already know if the Enheduanni liked them, liked the Minmatar, and the Enheduanni became any component of the Triggs, yada yada. Uh, we still have this last form of life, the Coast Troy, who we don't know anything about, but has its soul somewhere else so they can't be killed, is if we're going off the Coast Chase stuff. Mm-hmm. The Turog thing is very similar sounding to that sort of thing, where, you know, their actual body is somewhere else, but they're thought form, blah, 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 projecting to anywhere else and just being there remotely. Uh, yeah. And then you have the last little bit of things here where, um, oh, wow, I kind of lost my place for a second there. Actually, give me a second to recalibrate on that. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. Um, oh, okay. The last thing, the Triglavian holographic transcribers, uh, those items, if you've ever dropped, gotten those from, say, Zoria, Rex, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they describe the Triglavians as kind of having the capability of, you know, use, utilizing the holographic principle to uh, encode information, pretty much. Which, if you want to take the really short, kind of simplified version of that, would be to say, like, encoding information on space-time. And kind of say, like, with their singularity balls and that sort of thing, too. Mm-hmm. Being able to, like, have information stored and used that way, you know, on space itself. Um, right. If you want to t- think of, you know, that Tulraug thing or the Kostroy thing or any of that as being, hey... 
what if this kind of utilizes this principle, that sort of thing, to have someone, you know, being somewhere else while, you yeah. know, doing something else, that sort of thing. There's room to make it work. If there's anything the Coast Troy are, that's the closest thing I would imagine to what they might be, given the absolute uh, lack of information we have on them so far. That's just what all my completely out there theory crafting stuff has come up with. And that's, uh, I think that's a, a thing that could work well and could also explain some background things too. And so, uh, some people have brought up that they don't like that sort of thing because it feels like it removes the agency of the Minbatar. Some people have said, I think Ash has said before, oh, what if the elders are all, you know, actually Triglavian? Ooh, I hate that. I think that's stupid. <laughs> no, that, that'd be despise that idea. That'd be awful. Um, but, 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 but what does make sense though is, and what could, you know, what if this was a thing makes things still work is, yeah, the Minbatar actually rejected these people way back who offered them this thing. And, you know, nevertheless, they built things their own way using what they learned from them. And there's, there's just because something like that had happened, if they wanted to write things that way in the future, it doesn't have to remove the agency of a faction, pretty much. Mm -hmm. Because if it's technology, it's technology. Right, right, right. No, I mean, just, I just want to say, like, if they do eventually go down the route with something with Takos Troy, they should, they should integrate Nemzia, who's the Slavic god or goddess, can be either one, who's the, who is, well, the god of death, but also the one who cuts the string of fate. And I think that would be, like, if they do make a character or do any lore rundown, like, I think that would be a good idea for the Kostroi. If they are this, like, their soul is hidden away, they're avoiding fate by, you know, being able to, you know, to well, be a hollow morph or something. Yeah. Having, like, having something like that would be interesting. Well, that said because... also, the Domain of Beyond is the Trig's home, pretty mm-hmm. much, so far as we know. And it's by the same name, of course, like what I was saying with all that. Yeah. Uh, we have the Domain of Poshven, which is its own thing, but the uh, the different Viraj anchorages in each of the home systems, you know, anchoring Poshven as it is now. Right. Uh, in addition to obviously just being giant station type things, uh, heavily lean toward an indication of them being gates of their own type. And we've also seen stuff to say, hey, these things aren't completely online. You know, they're missing each of their different. Yeah, uh, there, a... there are three giant holes for giant trig singularity things. They're kind of you can look at them and see them kind of coalescing. There are spaces for uh, three world arcs to actually dock at them. Like there's like a uh, floppy disk looking slots where you could mm-hmm. get a world arc. And it's very funny. Uh, and then you have all, you know, all the different little singularities on them. I, I call them singularities. I don't know what a better word for them is because they can't feasibly be that technically, but it's a good word for them. Anyhow, mm-hmm. the, the anchorages are not completely online or open or whatever they're up to yet. Right. So, uh, if they lead anywhere, uh, it's going to, I would definitely say it would be the Glavian's home, you know, the domain of beyond somehow. And if they wanted to have that and be, oh, you have to have like, oh, 9.0 standings to get through them. You have something else as a way to get there already, you know, established if you want to do it that way. In the Drifter Hives, uh, there are, you know, the hives. But then there's room past that where you have the wreckage of these titanic gates. They're kind of called nexus sites there. And they have, you know, there's this huge vortex above and below. This thing's obviously been used at some point sometime in recent history. Um and when, you know, Hill and Tukos went to the Drifters way, way back, there were hundreds of Drifters there. Where did they all go? If they use those gates to get to, say, the Triglavians, if they want to spin it that way, while obviously the Trigs weren't even an idea, probably in 2015, 
that works as a way to say, all right, if we have one way into the Trig's home space, we can give you another also, mm-hmm. or blah, blah, blah. And again, theoretical stuff, Theoretic. fun ideas, yep. Yep. things that would make sense if they wanted to do it, and it wouldn't just sound like they just came up with it randomly. Yeah. So. I mean, well, I mean, I'm still one of those people that wish wish CCP would have gone with the higher end of the number of systems that could have gone full luminality. Uh, uh, my tongue's not going to work. Full <laughs> luminality. Because I would have loved to have 81 systems instead of 27. But I, what, I, what I do think would be cool is, like, I mean, Anoikis has so many wormholes. I mean, you create all this space, and yeah, we ripped 27 stars out of out of the world, out of the universe and to create Pacman, but like it would be cool if, you know, at the pipe dream of of CCP working on something. We know how they worked on the drifters for you, Uriel. <laughs> oh, <good laughs> kind of like that. stop. Um, <laughs> but maybe they pick it no, back no, up. No. But but it, what I think it'd be cool, at least from like the trig side and the Pacman side would be like maybe somewhere down the line they do finish whatever um the anchorages are and like it goes into maybe not bouillon but like trig space trig home trig space, space outside yeah. of like maybe keep bouillon is kind of always that like mythical place that we'd never know but like mm-hmm. open up a trig space maybe add a hodge like a bigger triangle of of not necessarily a triangle but uh, like more systems of trig, space. trig regions you know yeah. like their own space their own space if they ever did another spot. expansion as big as uh apocrypha was i'd say that would be the place to do it but uh I don't know. Development bandwidth seems to be a big important thing. Uh, we're very, all of us know very well that uh, the invasion stuff was all very, very uh, not given all the time it could have needed, I yeah. guess. They did what they could with the time. They did well. But it very much seemed like they were strained for time and resources. Yeah. Um, uh, as fun as fun as it ended up being, you know? It, right. it feels right. like, you know, what is priority what is you know there to be made what do they have planned that sort of thing and they can't do all of it and you know it makes me kind of sad because i think eve as a world has just as a world but also as a game i guess you know has so much potential for it mm-hmm. and it makes me a very sad that uh a lot of it doesn't seem to be as focused on as it could be you know right right which is why i mean i know a lot of people voted for you and we were all kind of bummed. We didn't have our lore master on. on two step. But yeah. okay, before before we get too distracted, Uriel, I know you have stuff to do today. Um, I wish oh, I could I'm have okay. been free. Boy, I have another uh, half an hour to live. Yeah, I, I'd rather not push it to the end. So um, that is okay. So is there anything last... anyone in chat wants to hear? I mean, we can ask about something like that and then. Well, yeah, if, if someone up. in chat wants to ask something really quick. Otherwise, I someone in chat asked earlier, mutoplasmas of drones. Oh, yeah, the mutoplasmas. Okay, those are going to be fun. That's uh, going to be interesting. Yeah. So if anyone doesn't want to know, you know, an upcoming feature, you know, you can pause the stream or mute it now or whatever. A little <laughs> bit of spoilers for some stuff to come. Um, but we're going to be getting mutoplasmids for drones, which will, uh, so far as we know so far, give you, uh, you know, rogue drones as drones, pretty much. And, you know, that's about the short of it. But uh, obviously it's, you know, based in Triglavian tech. I don't know mm-hmm. if those Navka type things will be involved with that at all. Uh, I don't know what any of it's going to be, but you're going to get abyssal drones, which we'll use, you know, also, also drone, drone models. If you're looking at Hobo Leaks, it looks, oh, yeah, it looks yep. fun. The drone damage and, uh, amplifiers. I'm sure if they're doing anything with that, they might have some interesting little tidbits of lore to go along with it. So that would be a lot of fun. And I'm hoping uh, 
I'm hoping there's some fun for that. Yeah, Kylon, what Kylon was saying was drone damage amplifiers. Did you see what they're doing for those, for the mutoplasmid? Yeah, so there will be, I mean, there's going to be a mutoplasmid for DDAs and one for uh, fetter support units also. I mean, those are all just things you can see on Singularity. They're all there right now. Um, I don't think you can find them or use them or anything, but they're going to exist in some capacity. Uh, I saw someone say on um, <laughs> on Reddit, I think it was, you know, you know, T6 Hela's, uh, and this is what it means to go even further beyond, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, it'll it'll be fun. I'm interested to see what happens with those. I'm going to try to use them. Also, uh, they started, let's see, I mean, the different rogue drone models, you know, some of them move and stuff, you know. Uh, yeah. The first one that went in, they had one of the, one of my favorite little models in the game as one of them, and it's changed since. Who knows what's going to happen before it's released, whatever. Way too early to talk about anything for that. But one of my favorite little things in eve is the uh the light rogue drone uh the ro rogue drone light one is the model name mm -hmm. technically in the files if you go look at it and uh it like swims through space it has these little wiggly arms and it like moves its head around and stuff and it's adorable and if that ends up being one of the ones you know that you have mm -hmm. i will be so happy with that because i oh, yeah. always love that thing it'll be a lot of me. fun um all right let's 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 kind of go into our wrap-up uh that we usually yeah. have um so we can let uriel you know get prepped for whatever he's got to do after this um so before i get into our normal end um next weekend there won't be a show like normal um the following weekend is the start of totality day so i will be streaming a lot on here if you guys want to see events yeah, going totality on and whatnot, that yep. should be fun yeah uh, i'll be streaming a lot on here um i'll be streaming Domovic Battle Royale that um, Freighter is hosting, giving away everything for to make a Zenitra. Um, I'll be streaming some of the other events that Strybog is hosting. Kylon, we'll have to figure out with you guys if you guys want, if you guys have your uh, minor fleet ready. Um, and then I'll also be streaming... I'm going to try and stream the 15-man crazy brawl um, that Strybog is doing, and then I'll be streaming my uh, Domovic Swarm um, also. And then, of course, the next day, jump right into a normal show. Uh, but yeah, it, the next next week will be a lull for us, and then it'll be a full week of craziness. We'll, Actual, we'll, be, fact, yeah. we'll be doing a lot. <laughs> but all right, uh, let's wrap this up with uh, any fun kills we've gotten since uh, in the last two weeks. Well, Uriel, you haven't been on, and Opus, you haven't been haven't on been in a like month, but um, I mean, you've been on, but you haven't been on as much Plot. as I've seen you before. Yeah. Um, so sadly, it was the IRL. And, yeah. the The only thing I can time. say, the only thing I can say, I had a fun kill. The fun kill was Opus eating us right into um in it, and someone <laughs> going, "Hey, Brisks in local," and it in my mind, it's fuck, we're screwed, we're dead. <laughs> So time, I so. I think I got on a kill mail for that, but it was it was a total welt. Um, Uriel, any fun PvP kills um, recently? None really. No, I, do, <laughs> uh, I did do something. It was absolutely silly, but a nice little funny thing. There's a guy like scouting somewhere in Poshven, and uh, you know he was uncloaked for some reason, and I scanned him down, and I just uh, landed at like ten from him in my. Uh, in a Proteus and just slowly, slowly creeped up to him. And just, I just uncloaked like 100 meters away and I was just like, hi. 
and uh, I, that and I was just goofing here. around. I could have I could have shot him if I wanted to. I just sat there for like a minute before he noticed, and then he just flew off. Yeah, he didn't say I, anything. It was sad. I, I, cool. I mean, I I will uncloak, scram, web, sell tier when he's mining. So I know that feeling. Yeah. <laughs> you do right, what you uh, want to have fun in Eve. You know, yeah, uh, that's what we're all here for. Yeah, I like I like the panic sound in uh, in comms when he all of a sudden gets locked and scrambling webs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, Kylon, uh, you guys getting any fun? I know you guys have been doing some interesting stuff recently. Um, any fun uh, kills? I, well, I haven't done a ton of PvP in the last week. Uh, uh, one thing I did do though is uh, farm a reserve bank key. Ah, oh, nice. The first time I ever done that, it was kind of a. I've never hacked anything in my life, or at least in this game. So I was more worried about that than the massive incoming DPS. So something. Uh, Opus. All right, sorry, Kylie. What? Oh, I was saying it was fun and profitable. Yeah, yeah. As long as there's money, right? Mm. Um, Opus, any any fun? I know you. You know you've been kind of distracted, but I know you. You've been on some kills recently, probably. <laughs> or Opus is dead. Who knows? Oh. Okay, well. Either the wife is yelling at him, or he's busy working or on something. Or he's muted and doesn't know it. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or he muted sometime. himself and didn't realize it. Alright, um, well, that's this week's show. Thank you, Uriel, for being on. Um, maybe we'll do something where we can figure out a day that works for you that's... Uh, that I'm also around because I was I was gone Friday and Saturday. Um, that we can sit down and kind of maybe do a much deeper dive for a uh, uh, drifter lore because I know that's your passion project and Triggs just to get some more stuff out because it a lot has changed since uh, your long episode with the Intan. So maybe we'll do two long episodes and just split those yeah, up. Why not? I'll I'll brush yeah. up on my lore so I can also. I've read all the stuff that you put up there, and I've read a lot of the stuff that you link to it. Um, I'll throw those in when I upload this on YouTube and yeah, on a podcast. Good. I'll throw in links uh, for everyone. But um, thanks for being on. And uh, Triangles, keep uh, murdering stuff in, in Pacman. <laughs> good.